black preachers who are, are racist in their hearts. Uh, they, are, they are not called by God, but they've been called by their mama. The Jesse Lee Peterson Show is the only program in existence which deals straight up with black Americans. So-called civil rights leaders want them angry, dumbed down, and demoralized. It's not the leaders that blacks need, but good fathers and mothers. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate your letters, phone calls, and emails. My guest today is Ronnie Gungales, and he's uh, a member of Minister of Faith, a church in Odessa. Is it Odessa? Yes, sir. And also Michael Brozak. Uh, he's also from uh, Minister of Faith. I thank you guys for coming, coming in today. You, I know I interviewed your pastor uh, the other week. It's going to be the other week by the time the people see this. And uh, it was a very interesting conversation. I want to go to uh, Ronnie first. Ronnie, are you born again? Yes, sir, I sure am. How do you know? Uh, my life has changed. I don't do the things I used to do way back then. I got born again back in 1990. Got born again in an apartment complex at 3 o'clock in the morning. I uh, was going out to party, and this gentleman supernaturally met me and started witnessing to me about the church and about the love of God and uh, a lot of people won't believe it when you hear it but when a man puts out his hand it looked like Jesus putting his hand out to me and when I opened my eyes I actually saw Jesus out there telling me to come home and I threw away my beer and my drugs and gave my life to Jesus. So you were born again or saved from beer, beer and drugs yes. and, and wildlife. Yes. yes. Um, which life you like better? The when you live life. now or the past one? <laughs> the Christian life. The Christian life. Yes. Are you stuck yeah. in it for life? Yes. You're stuck in it for life. Yes. And how about you, Michael? Are you born again? Were oh, you yeah. saved? And what were you saved from? I was saved from everything, especially myself. I was very self-destructive, very, very bent on sending myself to hell, living the wild life, doing all the wrong things, being at the wrong places. But um, just one day it got a hold of me when I nearly lost my life when I was 21, Mike, what's time to change? How did, you, uh, how did you nearly lose your life? Well, it's funny, I lived up in Dallas and I was walking down a road and somebody ran me over and left me for dead. Really? And it was a hit and run. Was it accidental? No, it was they, not accidental. They intend to run you over? Why did they want to hurt you? I have no idea, but it was such a violent hit and run that the car drove off from the scene after hitting me. Wow, and did you see the people in the car at all? No. Don't have no ill will toward them or anything like that. It's just the fact of the matter is when that happened, it was such a close call yeah. that um, I had to look inside my heart and say, all right, you know, I, I knew the call of God on my life from a child, but I didn't obey. Mm -hmm. But then um, I just said, okay, God, you've got my attention. And I turned things over to him and he took out all the old junk and put in his life. So was that the, the one thing or the final thing that caused you to want to really seek God? Yeah, it really that was. was Final it, was, thing. it was the final thing. It was the, it, that was the end of the line. It was like, okay, you're not going to go nowhere and you're not going to do anything now until you get to know me. And, you know, during that time, um, I had to come back down to Odessa and I got hooked up with um, Pastor, Jeanette, Pastor Jeanette Hernandez mm -hmm. and Pastor Alicio. And, um, you see, when I first came into the church, like, see, here's something people got to realize. You don't judge people by how they look. Right. Because when people come as they are, they're supposed to come as they are. That's right. And, you know, that's one thing I loved about them. They were like, no, you come as you are. You don't worry about what people say about you. You don't worry about what people think about you. You don't worry about how the world judges you. 
You come and you hear the Word of God, and the Word of God will do the rest. And so what you mean by that, I know your pastor told me earlier that you, when you came to her church, you had on earrings and... and well, it's not so much about even so much the physical. I was always looking down. I thought my life was going to go nowhere. Even though I'd gotten born again, I didn't have hope. All I knew is I was saved, but yet I didn't have nowhere to get discipled. Why were I didn't you have always, a foundation. Why were you always looking down? Well, because like all my life, I grew up thinking, you know, I wasn't going to be anything. Got told all my life, you're not going to be anything. You're not going to amount to anything. Who told you that? Oh, just family and different people. Friends that say they're your friends or whatever and are not. And why were they telling you in particular that you were not going to be anything? Well, because like I already had a broken marriage before. I'd been through a lot of hardships. I'd um, been through a lot of like drug rehabs and different things when I was a kid. and um, Just a lot of mistakes made in life. Were you raised by both parents? Yes, I was raised by both parents. Father and mother. Yeah, and my parents, as far as I know, they were good people. They weren't Christian people, right. but they were good people. They just had to work a lot. Who were the head of your family, your father and your mother? My dad. Your dad, he did the discipline? Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to say this. At the age of a teenager, whenever I grew up to become more or less, like I lived out on my own pretty much so since I was 16 or 17. Right. Always moving out, always worked, had to work two and three different jobs. So even when the discipline was there, which it wasn't really there a lot, I didn't listen to it because I survived on my own. Were your mother a stay-at-home mother or did she work? No, she was a stay-at-home mom. And did you respect her? Oh, yeah, I respected my parents. Well, why did you rebel against her? Why you didn't listen to her orders? Well, see, like, my route was just I was going to do things my way. All your life you've been that way? I mean, even as a kid growing up? Or? Mm, yeah, pretty independent. So as a, before you turned 16, did you listen to your parents? Somewhat. But it was only if it's something I wanted to hear. But why would you rebel if you loved them at that age? Well, really, it was just all my friends were doing it. Oh, okay. Everybody around me was partying. The neighborhood I grew in was a continual party, more or less. Everybody always did certain things. Were your dad involved in your life, or did he just provide for you? No, he was involved, but um, I want to say it like this. He still worked a lot, so yeah, he did provide, but um, my dad my dad taught me what he knew to be a man, to be respectful, to work hard, to um, keep your word on things, but then the rest it was pretty much so left up to me. Right. You know, okay. as long as you don't hurt somebody else, then don't worry about it. Well, well, the problem wasn't hurting somebody else. The problem was I was destroying myself. Yeah. I wasn't destroying somebody else's life. I was just going downhill destroying my own life. Right. And that's where Jesus made the difference. See, that's where, whenever I finally gave all that to God and I said, Lord Jesus, here it is. Can you take something with this? He said, not only can I take something with it, I'll change your life and I'll make you into something you've never been. So what are you now? Well, now I'm a Christian. I'm born again. The you love of God's in about my heart. Yourself? It's not so much I feel better about myself, but I see myself as God sees me. How, how does God see you? Well, see, God sees me as a new creation. God sees me as an overcomer. God sees me as someone who can go on and accomplish things. Do and I you never see saw yourself myself that way. That way. Do you now see yourself? I do. You see. So you feel better about yourself? Yeah. Oh, okay. And that you the Lord did that. Down. You don't hold your head down anymore. That's right. Okay. How about you? Were you raised by both parents? Yes, I was. Father and mother? Yes. And did you rebel against them too? Well, I took off when I was 16. Why? Just didn't like to be told what to do. You didn't want your parents telling you what to do? I was pretty... I was pretty hard and stubborn. I guess I had a lot of pride for a 16-year-old. You know, and, and when you're a small guy growing up, when people bigger than you would get in your face, that you, you just put up a guard.
you know, because the way society is, smaller, bigger, shorter, whatever. Right. And when my dad would discipline me, since he was a big man, when he would confront me on some things, he'd get it in my face like, like you would, like somebody would want to get in your face when they wanted to fight you. Right. And then back then, I didn't know how to distinguish that from the other, and it just brought out some more rebellion in me. Instead of me dealing with it, I said. You don't love me, man. So I'm you resented you. your father because you thought that wasn't yeah. love? Yeah. 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 And uh, how about your mom? Did she discipline you too? Yeah, oh. but she more or less, you know, told my dad, hey, he's been acting up, whip him, deal with it. You oh, know? she let your father deal yeah. with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you resent her for that? Sometimes I did. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And have you talked to them about these things? Oh, yeah. I, uh, about five years ago, I pulled my daddy to the side and said, you know, dad, I got to repent for something. I go, because, you know, I was so so angry towards you, I almost despised him. Yeah. And he looked at me and I said, you know, Daddy, I just have to tell you the truth. I love you and I forgive you. And uh, my dad, he was raised real hard. He told me, you know, son, I may not have loved you like most parents love their kids, but I loved you in my own way. You'll never starve. You'll never know what it's like to be without something because you know how to make it. Right. My dad was what you, I guess you would call a survivalist. He knows how to survive. And so when you went to him, that caused you to forgive him. Oh, yeah for the mistakes he made with you. Right, right. And did you do the same thing with your mother too? Or did oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Did they both apologize? Yes. They did. How about you? Did you do that? You went to your parents and apologized? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did they receive you? They actually received it quite well because, um, you know, I had to look at them and say, Mom, Dad, you know, the things I've done, the mistakes I've made are my fault. Because they did do the best job they knew how to That's do. That's right. I yeah. will credit them on that 100%. They did the best job with what they knew. Yeah. It's never been an issue of love. It's been an issue of, you know, my issue was I was selfish. I was going to do my thing. Yeah. But also at the same time, I've had to work for a lot and do a lot. So I figured, you know, if I'm having to go get it myself, I don't want nobody telling me what to do with it when I get it. So, what so that was saying, my problem. What you're saying, is, even though you had a father and a mother in the home, and the father was working and providing, he still made you work and get your own things. Oh, yeah. He didn't just give you stuff. That's right. And when you were younger, you were angry at him about that. No, actually, I'm glad he did that. No, but that at the time, though, you were mad at him. You felt like you had to take care of yourself? Mm, no. It really wasn't an issue being angry with him or angry with my mom. The fact of the matter is I found the wrong crowd. I found the wrong crowd real early. I mean, oh, I, found, I, I found drugs and everything in my neighborhood by the time I was 10 years old. And they didn't and know you were involved in those things out there? They knew at times, but, you know, um, I knew my, my friends knew how to play the game, and I knew how to play the game. Oh, I see. And so you were rebelling. So I could actually make good grades in school. I could actually, you know, I mean, I may have looked like I was a thug most of the time, but I could make good grades in school. Right. I could speak the lingo. I could be respectful around other people. All that was not a problem. It's just whenever I was out on my own, I wanted to do my thing. And that's where I came into trouble all the time. That's why parents have to be careful who their children hang out with, too, because your kids can leave home innocent and go out there and get with the wrong crowd, and, and that crowd can corrupt them, and now they're rebelling against everything that's right. True. And, and that's why parents need to watch and know who their kids are hanging out with. Right, because early on my parents did have a lot of restraints on me, but all my friends, they could go out and do whatever they wanted. Right. And it's like, you know, I would always hang out with them. And it really wasn't until just before the junior high years and into the junior high years, but things change instantly. I mean, it's like a totally different switch when yeah. you become a teenager. That's right. I mean, it's not like, you know, somebody's out there to watch your back except one of your closest buddies. <clears throat> and then you got to find some kind of group or some kind of, you know, 
just social society to hang with because then your life changes from your mom and dad to now more your social group. Yeah. Why do you tell your parents that you, what you were doing? Why do you say, you know what, I'm, I'm hooked up with the wrong crowd now? And well, you know what, they actually knew it, and they tried to talk good sense into me. But at the same time, you know, talk only goes so far. You yeah. know, there was things that I was going to do and I was determined to do. Right. And I faced the consequences a lot of times for doing them. Ronnie, what was the one thing that caused you to change? Was that one incident where you just finally said, you know what, I got to do what's right. I have, I have to change my life. I'm convinced that night I gave my life to Jesus. If I wasn't, I would have died and went to hell. I was, I was living fast, you know. I was doing things to get attention for myself. And uh, it was so weird the night that happened. I, I went, got dressed up real nice to go party the new year in, and uh, some gentleman was going to go out to go get a newspaper at 2 in the morning. And the church I attend now, they were coming back from praying in the new year. And he witnessed to me, and uh, I had a relative that used to always witness to me about that church, about ministries of faith. And I went, oh, no, that's the one with the woman pastor. You know, I don't yeah. want to hear that, you know. And uh, it took him almost about four hours to finally just give me the word, give me the word, give me the word, until I just gave in and said, you know what, you're right, you're right. I've been running for life. Because, see, I've been a Baptist before. I've been a Pentecostal before. Oh, I see. <coughs> Excuse me. I've played the game, you know. I've did the thing, well, oh, Jesus, forgive me, do this, do that, and it don't get you nowhere. Yeah. There's a point where you got to get where you got to get more fed. You're mm -hmm. not getting fed in one area. Right. you got to step up and get, you know, you can't right. eat cake all your life. you got to get steak. What type of person are you now? I say I'm a bold, interrogative person. I'm a person that's going to stand by my, a bold person. Oh, okay. That I would stay and stand by my pastor no matter what. I've been with her, like I said before, 14 years. Would you stand by her if she's wrong? If she's wrong, I'd pray for my pastor. But you wouldn't stand by her? I'd still stand by her by praying for her. You, oh, okay. You know, but my pastor's, she preaches the word. I've never known her to be wrong. I've known her 14 years. Everything um, she does, she gives the Word of God to back it up for. So are you surprised that, uh, uh, that you're sitting under a woman preacher? I am surprised. You're surprised. And tell because the audience why you're surprised about that. I'm that surprised because, because I used to be a real prideful man. Real women were seen, not heard. You know, you didn't, you didn't let the woman tell you what to do. You told them what to do. But when God saved my life and converted me, man, in an area of my life that I received major deliverance that I could, I mean, you're talking to a man that used to tell his wife what to do 24-7 a day. Mm -hmm. You know, I expected dinner to be on the table when I came home from work. I expected things to be done just like that, you know. And when they didn't get done, I got really upset. You Did know? you resent women? Not, I don't want to say resent, but I believed a woman knew her place before I became a Christian. You but know? if you didn't resent them, how could you be that mean to them? Like I said, to me, I thought women should know their place. You didn't talk. So you just you thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 But I'm no longer like that. Now when I get married, I'll marry the right one. She'll be submitted and committed to the will of God in her life. You know, people, they need to, they need to everybody says, I want a wife. The desire of your heart. Yeah. Tell so God what? what you desire. Don't you say, God, I want a wife. So what kind of wife do you desire? that wants the will of God for her life and my life. So that wants to balance each other out in the spirit. That wants to be our partaker of ministries of faith. That wants to be an asset to the body of Christ. It's going to be hard to find that. No. The Bible says he can be the desire of your heart. That means he'll create it for me in the spirit realm if that's what I want. How you about, 
How about you, Mike? Are you surprised that you're sitting under a woman preacher? Actually, not really, because I had other women along the way, right after I got born again, teach me the Bible. And I would listen to them more because they would tell me what it said, not what I thought it said or what somebody else thought it said. They would tell me the truth. Like I used to like hear like people like Joyce Myers and just different things. And at the same time, another lady in Fort Worth would show me the Bible. But that opened me up to it because, you know, I saw that they were anointed. You see, to me, I didn't come out of the background where men and women like that and preaching or was always contention and stuff. I mean, because like uh, the teachers in my life, as far as when I was a junior high, that helped me out were mainly women teachers. Oh, I see. And they would point me in the right direction. They would point me to counseling or they would do something, but they were the ones that made the effort. And like when I saw, when I met my pastor for the first time, she welcomed me in. She loved me as I am. She didn't criticize me. She didn't judge me. But at the same time, there was no compromise on what the Word says. Right. This is what the Word says. This is how it is. So you've never had men to try to guide you in the right way? Well, yeah, there was my dad and my, and my big brother. Who would you listen to easier? Who is easier for you to listen to, men or women? Women. Women, rather than men. Why is that? Well, because I know women usually, the women that are, are more like motherly figures to me, they don't have nothing they gain personally out of what they tell me. They're telling me what they're telling me out of their heart and because the Word says But it. what would men have to gain if they were well, telling like, you out of their heart? Well, like, okay, I've never met very few men like that. Most men keep a wall up. Most men don't let you in on certain issues and certain items or their personal life. And I, and I respect that and I understand that. Right. But at the same time, I needed to be taught how to live. No one was teaching me how to live. Like, you know, my mom, one thing she taught me is um, how to, my dad taught me how to work, but my mom taught me how to think. Oh, I see. My mom taught me how to use my brain. Who do you respect most, men or women? I respect women more. More. How about because you? Women. You respect women more. You know what? why? What? Because they have the wisdom on how to talk to men. Right. See, most men, if you, always, if, you, if, you, if you notice most men, they'll drill it into you. They'll talk to you head face. You know, they won't, they won't, know, they won't have the, the demeanor on how to speak to you. But a woman, they'll use the wisdom of God to learn how to tap to you. See, because not everybody gets a tap on the shoulder. My pastor deals with me differently. I don't get the love tap. I, I get, get it in line. Deal with it. Deal with your business. Let's go. Some people, you're going to be all right. Come on, we're going we're gonna to pull you through this. We're going to be there together. Women have the wisdom on how to deal with you. And, and, and why do you listen to women over men, prefer to listen to a woman? Because most of the time women have told me the truth. Men have told me what I wanted to hear. Well, it's okay, you know, to do a little bit of this or to go out. Oh, Everybody needs to blow off some steam. Or, hey, you know what, look, I do the same thing myself. You know, and, you know, what people don't know ain't going to hurt them. Well, you know, the one thing about my pastor is, She's like, no, this is what the Word says. This is what you're supposed to do. This is the Word. And that's what I like. Because right. she could give it to me in love, and she could say, you know, I love you, and everything is going to be all right. But this is what the Word says. Straighten the area up of your life out. And that's what I like. Because I've always liked people that could confront me. Right. I mean, because if, if a person can confront me and get to the root of the issue, then at least something's getting done. I may not like what they have to say, but at least the issue is getting dealt with. Is it easy for you to confront others? Now it is. But not before. Not before. Not before. How, Ronnie, is, uh, can, so you, like, you can receive it from a woman easier than a man. Uh, can a woman tell you how to be a man? Yes. She can? Yes. And, and so you think women have more wisdom than men? Yes. You feel that way too? 
from my experience so far? Yes. You do. I feel like they understand not only how to do something, but how to explain it to be done. Are you a sensitive person? No, sensitive is really not the issue. You're not a sensitive person? I'm sensitive, but I've learned I don't put my feelings on my shoulder. But you I used to be real hurt, yeah. real down, real downcast. You know, like I said, walk with my head down, always depression, different things like that. But see, I've learned, like I said, one thing Pastor taught me that she really taught me is she actually said, Michael, put your shoulders back, put your head up, don't look down at nobody anymore. When you shake someone's hand, shake the hand, be respectful. But what she taught me is you don't have to look down to nobody now. And you had never been told that no, before? No, I've never been told never that. Never been told that before. Mm -mm. And so are you a sensitive person? I feel like sometimes I am. Because so, without sensitivity, how can you be compassionate? So you can, you can identify with a woman? Yes. Emotions and sensitivity? Yes. And you too? Somewhat. I'm learning. Being married five years, I'm learning. <laughs> oh, okay. But you can't identify with, with the man logic instead of, uh, without that sensitivity? Well, I'll put it to you this way. In order, in order to make bread, it takes a lot of, of ingredients to make bread. In order to become a man, you have to be taught how to become a man. Do you think that a man should be logical or sensitivity? Or I sensitive? think a man needs to be sensitive. You do? You, yes. How about you? Well, he's got to be sensitive, but he's got to have balance. Um, see, most men are one extreme or the other. They're either no backbone or full of pride. And there's a middle ground. So do you think he should be sensitive or, log or logical? I think he's got to be sensitive first so that he don't just crush somebody else with his, you know, with what he thinks or what so he says. So you think logic is cruel? Well, it's like knowledge. The Bible even says knowledge or logic puffs up. But love edifies. Not, logic doesn't puff, puff up. Uh, well, see, knowledge like, does. Um, I was a very logical person myself. It didn't help me nowhere in life. When I learned how to balance it out and get it in check with my heart, with what God wanted, now it works. But all the stuff I knew before, like I grew up being a very smart kid, but I had no common sense. But maybe sense. you were not. You you were not logical. You thought you were, but right. you were illogical because had you been logical, mm -hmm. you've been able to work your life out. Okay. So maybe you were not logic. Well, I logical. knew this. I had a lot of knowledge, yeah. but I didn't have a lot of good sense to use it. Um, I know that you're married, and you're married to an older woman. Mm -hmm. How much older? Well, she's seven years older than me. So, and what is good about being married to an older woman? Well, one thing is she already had her direction in life going. You know, she loved God. She wants God. She wants the will of God. She was already sold out and committed to God. Right. But, you know, she didn't have like 50 different plans and nothing happening. She had a direction in life where she was going. So do you rely on her for wisdom and guidance? I rely on her for insight, yes, for wisdom, yes, for guidance. But if I have to make the decision, yeah, it's my place as the man of the family to make the decision. But if you lack wisdom and insight and all that, how can you make a decision? Well, one, you got to talk. See, here's one thing marriage couples don't do. They don't talk. They I know, just, but if you don't have the wisdom. Well, that's when I get in the and, Word. And your wife has the wisdom over you, you can't make decisions because you can't see how to make the right decision. That's not entirely true because if she has the wisdom, at least I've got the good sense to recognize, okay, she knows what's right because she th she's thinking of our best interest. And you, you agree with that too, that the man should rely on the wife for the wisdom and guidance? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, who... who 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 does who does who who does the wife 
rely on. If you're relying on her for wisdom and, and, and understanding, who is she looking to for that wisdom? See, it's a balance, though. That's right. They're there for each other. It's, it's a balance. Not one can do it all. You know, if you lack something, that's what the Word of God's there for, to but help you no out. There's no balance. If, you, if the husband is looking to the wife, that means she's ahead. She's giving you this wisdom. Who is she looking to for the wisdom? The Word of God. The so Bible. she looked to the Bible. So, so what I'm trying to say is sometimes we, we, you both hear from God. Your wife's hear from God. Your the husband hears from God. Not if but, you rely but, on but what her. But what if, what if in an area you're not hearing from God and you go, baby, will you agree with me that I hear, for, that I hear from God in this area? And God might have spoke to her already. already but right. you, have to, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, baby, I received that. Tell me what God told you. If you're not you. humble enough to receive that, you can miss God. Because of time. And we'll pick up on this. Do you think the man should look to the woman or the woman should look to the man for wisdom? I think the man should look to the woman for wisdom. You do. How about you? Really, I think it goes both ways, but I think both should look to God. But what is the order of God? That the man look to the woman for wisdom or the, the woman look to the man well, for see, wisdom? See, that's the deal. I don't think there is an order of God in that direct issue because we always don't know every situation. There may be things about, I mean, like say but, my wife understands about but, being a mother, that I would not know well, I don't mean insight, like decision-making on the house. If she says, you know, okay, these are our bills, these are the things, normally the man makes the decision on those. So you're married to an older woman, mm -hmm. and you look to this woman for wisdom, mm -hmm. and she gets her wisdom from where? Well, she gets her wisdom from God, but at the same time we talk. You know, if there's things that she don't know and I know, I express to her. But see, one thing I really love about my wife is that she takes the time to rationalize things. I mean, she... She rationalizes things better than I do. She can see a whole picture a lot of times better than me, and I can admit that. So do you feel like you're married to your mama? No, not at all. You know, most of the time when young men marry older women, it becomes a mama and son relationship. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? Well, I've seen that before. Yeah, and you don't, you don't, oh, you know what? We're going to have to pick up on this next week. I have one minute. I got to wind up. All right. And uh, we're going we're to pick up on this next week. We're going to mm -hmm. go right into it. And so make sure you tune in next week so you can hear uh, Michael's answer to the mama and son relationship. Uh, I want to get an understanding of that because I have not seen relationships where men are married to older women and it's not a mama and son relationship. And let me know what you think about that. Should men marry older women? Is it the right thing to do? Does it become a mama and son relationship? I guess black people call it mama, but white folks call it mother, right? I call her mom. A, a, you call, call your wife mom, mom? mom? Oh, you call your wife mama too? No. Oh, not yet. Mm. <laughs> no. So tune in. Uh, no, she uh, my she my lady. <laughs> uh, give me an email or a phone call. Let me know what you thought about the mom and son relationship. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, guys, for coming in. See you next time. Everybody. Welcome to the Jesse Lee Peterson Show. I am Jesse. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your letters, too. I'm doing a two-part series with Ronnie Gonzalez and Michael Brozat. They're both from Ministry of Faith in Odessa, yes. Odessa, Texas. We're going to tell you how to get in contact with, that, with this ministry. Uh, I want to just pick up to where we left off. We're talking about you being married to mm -hmm. an older woman. Right. And you said it's good. It is very good. Because you get wisdom and insight and, from her. Yep. And also, she also, but see, 
she is mature in her heart. That's one thing I really love about her because she's beautiful on the outside. But see, my wife Tracy, she's beautiful on the inside that she'll tell me what she thinks, not for her good, but for the good of the family. And at the same time, when I take that and I evaluate it with what the Word of God says, she always gives me the Word. Right. Instead of my logically thinking, this is the way it's going to be because this is the way I was taught. No, it's what's the Word say? And that's one thing I love about her. She points me at the Word. She don't point me in the direction of what my emotions are or how I feel that day. What's the Bible say? And you've been married before. Yes, I have. And why didn't that marriage last? Well, one, it was neither one of us were saved or serving God, for one. There was no foundation. It was just based upon two high school sweethearts, you know, getting together, being young, being stupid, going to live their own life, get away from the parents. You know, she wanted away from her parents. Right. I was already away from my parents. And, um, and she was younger. Yes, yeah, she was younger. Okay. She wasn't even out of high school okay. at that time. And it just did not work out. And so I, I want to go to Ronnie, but I want to ask you again, if you're getting your wisdom from your wife, you're looking up to her, who is she looking up to for wisdom? Okay, well, I'm going to answer it this way. I don't get all my wisdom from my wife. Right. I just listen to her on what she has to say because we're one. God gave her to me, and we're supposed to utilize each other. I'm not supposed <coughs> to always go this direction and her go in this direction. Right. We've got to find a place where we meet, and like, so um, I go she? to God. Who is she getting her wisdom from if she's At not... At the same time from me. She gets her wisdom from but her if husband. But she, if, she's, if, she, if you're looking up to her to get it, how is she getting it from you? Because but see, how can two people just always one look at the other person for wisdom? Marriage is two people, not one. See, that's the deal. If she's looking says, at me, I would correct her and say, you know, baby, you need to go to God. But the Bible says that uh, the woman should look to the man for wisdom and the man look to Christ for wisdom. Well, I've got right here where it says um, in Ephesians 5 where it says, yeah, the husband is the head of the wife. Right. Even as Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to the Christ, let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. So and your I wife is that. not subject to you, though. You're oh, yes, subject to her. Not no. if you're looking up to her for wisdom, you're subject to her. But see, wisdom and decision making are two different things. Well, she makes decisions, too, and I make decisions. But where do wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the Word. No. Wisdom comes from God. Wisdom right. comes from, from God, life's experiences right? teaching you how to utilize what He's given you. I mean, not all wisdom. You just can't get everything out of the book without having to do some of it. Let me say this to you. I, okay. I'm glad that your wife is having this impact on you because it has brought you from a difficult moment in, in life, right? Right. But the, the reality is wisdom comes from God, mm -hmm. and, and that wisdom is being passed on to the husband, and he passes it on to his wife. That is the reality, right? According to what you just read. Well, it says that the husband is the head of the wife. Right. But um, it also says husbands love your wives right. as Christ loved the church. And that's what you, you see, do when you pass I've noticed on. a lot of men, though, when they don't go to their wife for insight, when they don't ask them their opinion, because like anything, any decision, regardless of who makes it, they need to talk about it. Well, I don't I think say, either one of us a, is saying you shouldn't ever listen to her as far as she has some good things to say. But because of that order there, you're in your proper state of being, you're always making that final decision because you're the one that is passing the wisdom on. Right. But in your role, and it may be fine for right now because it's bringing you to something, but in your role right now, the wife, the wife is the head, right? No. If right. you look to her, she is the head. No, she's not. 
But if you look to her for wisdom, how are you to hear? But see, looking to someone for wisdom, I look to some of my friends for wisdom. I look, I look to my pastors for wisdom. I look to a lot of people that know a lot more than I do on life's experiences, like ministry gifts and people that are older in the Lord. I look to them for wisdom. I look to my own dad and my own mom at times yeah. for wisdom because they know things through life's experiences. What do you say about that, Ronnie? Um, do you think that the man should be looking to the woman for wisdom or should it be the other way around? I look at it like this. <clears throat> Would you walk across the street with a blindfold? No. So you have a helpmate with you to help you across that street, right? So what does the helpmate do? They help you. If you're lacking, the Bible says you have not because you ask not, right? So if you're lacking wisdom, you ask for it. But what if God uses that wisdom in an area that, she, that he speaks to your wife or, an under, or another individual to give you wisdom, which is input of what you're going through to help you overcome that circumstance situation? Are you, so, so do you think that like one day that he's going to come to order where... He is above his wife or over his wife? Oh, yeah. You yes. think that'll happen? As a, you said as no? A, as, the, as the head of the house. You said no. Well, as no the head. I don't see it. See, I don't see it as lording over my wife. I don't look Not at the lording, lording I mean, over or being but over. But being the head of your wife. Will you well, think so I'm ever, the head of the home anyway, and she uh, knows that. But do you think you'll ever be head of your wife? Be the head of my wife? Just yeah. dictate and dominate? No. Or Not just Hitler, make decisions? But be the head of your wife. You think you'll ever be the head of your wife? Well, describe what you mean by be the head of my wife. Uh, guiding her, instructing yes. her. Yes. Uh, she getting her wisdom from you. Yes. That, you I think don't that'll happen? That that'll happen And that one happens day? now. But there was a point where I'm going to say this. I was immature. I did not know or see things fully through. And That's she why I said it's probably good that. now because it's bringing you to a point, hopefully to that order that it, the way it should be. But you don't think that it's going to ever happen that way? Well, see, I, don't, I can't look at it as that order because I know my wife and I are one. And I've learned, you know, she sees things so much better and so much clearer a lot of times than I do. And it's not any fault. On, it's not her fault that she does. It's my fault. Right, it but is. But the fact of the matter is, as I grew up in the things of God, as I matured in the things of God, as I developed in the Word of God, as I learned to just, I'm going to say this, just cowboy up and make decisions and do things, you know, a lot of roles changed. But she never came in like a mother directing my life. Right. But at the same time, she had enough insight because she had been in a, in a previous marriage a lot longer than I had, seen a lot of things, and I had seen a lot of things. We were like, we're not going to have these old things in our new marriage. We're not going to have them. Right. Right. I'm not going to lord or abuse her like she had been, and at the same time, she's not going to run around or do certain things like was in my previous marriage. Ronnie, both of you admitted that you can hear from a woman easier than a man. Even though you're able to do it, do you think that's normal, or, or is that the normal state of being? Is that normal? I don't think society would consider it to be normal. But as a Christian, but as a Christian, you're not basing your Christianity with the carnal world. No, that's not what I'm asking. Uh, for the understanding of other people who may be doing the same thing, do you think that is normal that you can hear from a woman over a man? Yes, I think it's normal. You think you're it's asking normal? Me. Yes, I think it's, it's normal. a normal way of being. You think that it's normal too? Yeah, I do think it's normal. You don't find anything abnormal with that at all? No, no. not at all. Um, and you've been married before. Yes. Married before. And why did your marriage end? I was a jerk. I didn't, a jerk. To, I didn't know how to treat a woman. I didn't know how to respect them. You know? I didn't, you know be, you... I didn't know how to be sensitive to their needs. And what do you mean by that? Caring, being compassionate, being sensitive to them, you know? Hold them when they want to be helped, listen when they want to be listened to, you know? Give them a shoulder to cry on, to lean on. 
Do you think a man should be sensitive? Yes. You, you think so too? Yeah, a man should be sensitive, but he can be strong and be sensitive. There's a difference. I mean, but how I don't can believe you be strong be, and sensitive? Well, see, there's a difference between being sensitive and being passive. A weak, passive person, they act like they're sensitive, but they still don't make no decisions. They have no backbone. A sensitive person takes into account the feelings of the other person and then puts it above their own feelings. I, I was under the impression, Ronnie, that a man should be compassionate and not sensitive because women, not all, of course, but most seem to be sensitive. And in their sensitive state, they tend to screw up stuff because their decisions are based on how they feel right. rather than what is right. Right. Well, I think sensitive in a way is good for a man because then you could see from their point of view what, what you can understand them more when you're more sensitive. You see what I'm saying? Say if, if, if they're real sensitive in there, they, they got touchy or something happened at their job. If you're sensitive, you're going to want to hear what they have to say, what went wrong. Not, well, if they're telling you, going, well, Deal with it, baby. <laughs> Do you think it. that being compassionate, uh, in being compassionate, you would not listen to what they have to say? No, the compassionate, compassionate means you're 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 putting forth empathy to them. You're wanna, you're you're being more understanding to them. You know, right. you which is best, compassionate or sensitivity? I just have to say both. You need both. But they're different, though. They're not the same. Yes, yes, they are different. But you need both in a, in a marriage or in a relationship to really overcome some things, to become somebody with your Do you need to help. feel what she feels in order to understand her or, or direct her in the right way? Do you need to feel what she feels? Sometimes it helps, but I don't think you need to feel it all the time. But sometimes you need to feel it. Right. And you agree with that? Sometimes a man does need to feel it. Sometimes a man's got to know in his heart, but at the same time, like, take my wife being pregnant. If she feels a certain way about her body or the baby or certain things or things around in the house, I'm supposed to listen and you, find out what it is because like for one, if I'm just looking at it from my view and I'm not feeling what she's feeling, well there may be a reason she's feeling that. There's going to have to be a reason. She's just not doing it to do it. So you can feel what your wife feel, feels at times? If she, when, not if, but when we talk, yeah. You can and feel as it. we talk, yeah, I can actually feel it. When so she you feels sometimes feel about, like a woman? When she feels, no. But when she feels hurt from something maybe at her job, because right. she faces, she's faced discrimination before in different areas, like in previous jobs that she's had. And you feel She would it. come home and say, you know, why is this happening? I worked just as hard as everyone else. She was every bit as smart. And I, I could feel what she would feel in because, you know, I know from also working myself all the time that sometimes you just get looked over for whatever reason. Right. Well, Did see, I, I can understand that. You feel what women feel too at times? I don't want to say the word feel because you can never feel exactly what they're going through, but you can come to an understanding of what they're going through. You know what I'm saying? If they're hurting in a situation, when they open up to you, you can put yourself in that situation and go, you know what? I would probably be feeling the same way, honey. I would Do you think a man should feel what a woman feels? I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Do you think they should, though? Yes. You do? Because I don't see nothing wrong with it. The Bible says that because you listen to your woman, you would surely die. You read that before, right? Right. What do you think that means? Because both of you have agreed that you listen to your woman and you think that it's normal to do it. When God says, because you do it, you should surely die. What did, what's that? What to me, that when you ask me that, that, to me is saying, if she's not giving you godly counseling, if she's not giving you the word of God through things. I mean, I me, as a Christian man, I would not take counseling for my wife if she didn't give me chapter and verse to back something up. 
I'm not going to say, I mean, if, if you come to me and say, um, baby, I don't think we need to hang out with those people anymore. Well, instead of saying that, you have chapter and verse and say, how come you don't hang out with people that are not of the same belief or, you know, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked. Well, you don't have, you don't have personal friends that are not Christians, you know, because they'll just try to draw you out, you know. Uh, what do you say to that, Michael? Because you listen to your woman, you should surely die. What, what does that scripture mean to you? Well, in that context, Adam sinned. Right. Okay, now Adam directly disobeyed God. And here's the amazing thing is, um, Adam knew it was wrong. Eve was deceived. He knew it was Adam, wrong to listen to his wife. No, Adam knew it was wrong to eat of the tree. But The direct command was, don't eat of the tree, not you should listen to your wife. The direct command was, you, you can have anything you want in this garden. Don't touch this one tree, son. But once he ate it, the... the, the the curses came, or the mm -hmm. separation from God came because he listened to her. Instead, yeah, of he listening, instead of listening to what is right in his heart that came from God, he listened to the woman. And God said that because you listened to the woman, you will surely die. And if you notice that um, when men listen to women, they die. You know, hell comes, destruction comes. And so that's what I'm trying to understand from you guys. If Let's that see. scripture is true, how come you think that um, it's so normal to listen to the woman? Well, see, I've learned it's wrong to listen to anybody that counsels outside the word of God, man or woman. If they don't give you the word and they don't have an understanding of God in their heart, they don't have some insight into walking through some things, they have no business giving you counsel. Like, I don't want a person with my business coming telling me how to run it if they're over here working at a 7-Eleven for eight years. I don't want to hear nothing they have to say. Well, that, that's with anybody. That's not with a man or a woman. That's not a race thing or a sex thing. That is a lack of sense thing. Do you, Ronnie, do you believe in that order of God in Christ, Christ and man, man over woman and woman over children? Do you believe in that spiritual order? Yes. You do believe. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not in that order, do you justify it or do you realize, you know what, I recognize I'm not in the spiritual order right now, but it's the best I can do. Uh, with the intent of finally becoming that way, or do you, how do you rationalize being out of order? First, you see the situation, and you do what you have to do to overcome whatever you're facing. Okay. If I realize that I'm in wrong, I repent, ask God to forgive me, and show me where I've missed it, and teach me to be the man of God that I need to be. So you say to him, God, I know that, I know that I'm not the head of my wife yet, but I want to become that way one day? Right. The Word that, of God will teach you how to do that. That's what you're saying, too? Yeah, that is very true. So but at you, the same time... Are you looking forward like, to becoming head of your wife one day? <laughs> I keep liking the way you go back to that because, you know... Um, and, and let me tell you why I, I go really back to I don't really see how you say it like that because when it comes to the decision-making in our house, the financial affairs and different things, we discuss everything. When it comes well, I don't to the think final I'm talking choice, about that. I'm not talking necessarily about the physical aspect. I'm talking about which involved like, that you know, too. I see, I'm talking about the, the wisdom the, the leading, well, see, the guide in the wife. You know, I want to say this. I'm not in a contest competitive with my wife to see who has more wisdom. No, it's not contest. Or who has it's the order. More insight. Because, like, anytime she can help me, she's called alongside. She was taken from my rib to help me. And that's what she does. She's mm -hmm. my helpmate. She's my perfect helper. Let me ask you this. Uh, Ten minutes left. I ask Ronnie first. What is a real man, Ronnie? A real man? Yeah. There's a Christian man that knows, how to, that knows how to raise his household and that knows how to be there through prayer, through the leadership of the Holy Ghost, to be there for his family. We'll try to raise his family pure, righteous, and holy before God. What's a real man, Michael? 
A real man is someone who knows how to love his wife, love his kids, and at the same time, do things according to the word to the best of his ability. Now, a real man is not someone who abuses his wife, doesn't, right. doesn't want to go out and work and take care of his family. I mean, there's certain things I know that, to me, these are a real man quality. But one thing, a real man truly, truly takes care of his wife and his family first and foremost and then considers himself. Do you know any real men? Yes, I do. It's Pastor Alicio Hernandez. Right. And other than him, I knew you were going to um, There's him um, some other men in the church that I've seen, but right. in the world, really, when it comes right down to it, I don't know many. Was your dad a real man? Yes, my dad was a real man as okay. far as taking care of his family. Is he still, he's still living, right? Yes, he oh, is. Okay, so he's, he is a real man. Yes, he is so a real man. My granddad you, is also a real man, too. Why do you say your dad first when I asked, did you know a real man? You didn't say your father. No, I did not say my father. Why not? Well, because my dad is a good man. My dad is a real man. But my dad is also, at the same time, not really a Christian man. He has some insight into the Word. But, um, you know, he didn't do certain things like get me into church at a young age, get me grounded in the Bible, that Pastor Eliseo has done, because that's what changed my life. All the, all, the, all the things my dad taught me that were good, that taught me how to survive, that's what they taught me, how to survive. It's when I got in the Word and I found out who I was in Christ, and I found out the things of God for me through my pastors, that's when I became a real man. That's when things changed. That's when I looked at things and said, all right, Michael, you're not on the throne. Jesus is. Final question. Um, do you feel empty sometimes? You feel like something is missing within you at times? No. You feel totally completed now within? Yes. Never emptiness. How about you, Michael? Do you feel that sometimes like something is missing? You know, when you're by yourself in those quiet moments, do you feel like something is missing or are you completed? I used to. Right. I used to. I used to have a lot of insecurity, a lot of fear, a lot but, of doubt. But now you feel completed? Now I feel to where I'm full of the Spirit. So you or never I get, feel... Or I know I feel that way sometimes. You do feel... But I learn to overcome it with the Word. I mean, just because I feel a certain way, like I may feel... In, like I feel a lot incomplete a lot of times at a job I previously held. Worked hard. Um, did a lot of things that was um, required of me and didn't move nowhere. Now, in that area, I felt incomplete. I thought, you know, what area am I missing in right. to not make this happen? Well, you feel that now, what do you do? Man, I just spend time with God. I just get over yeah. in the presence of God, open up the Bible. See, here's one thing. God can fill the voids. Jesus can fill the gaps. It's not that hard. That's true. As, as long as you have a relationship with Him, and I mean a true relationship, not a who do you God love bless most? me. Us who do you love most, God or your wife? My Father, God. You love God most? Yes. How about you? Who do you love most? God. How about do you, who you love most, God or your preacher? God. You're you my preacher. God. Yeah. You too. Jesus. If you didn't have your preacher, would you still survive, you think, in the way that you're going now? I'll say this. I wouldn't have the insight or the maturity. If you lost your preacher now? No. I mean, because my pastor, one, I've learned something about people need their pastors. Right. Because for one, we don't ha I don't have the experience that her or Pastor Eliseo has. Either one of them. I don't have any of that experience. They've seen and walked through things. But what would happen to you, God forbid, if you should lose them for some reason? You left that church or you found out that they were not who they said well, they were? one, I just don't want that to happen at all. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but if because, it should happen, will you be able to grow spiritually well, and move on? Well, a person's relationship based on Jesus Christ, so yes. So you would be able to yes. move on. because they But give you I don't a, think I would grow at the rate that I'm growing at now. I don't think I'd have a good teaching, I mean, anywhere, just because the things they've taught me. I'd have to go somewhere else and probably have to relearn a lot of things. Will there ever come a time where you won't need someone else to teach you? No, I don't believe that at all. I believe a person always needs a pastor. 
Because for the rest of life? Yes, I believe so. You feel the same way? Yes. So you think for the rest of your life you're going to need a uh, preacher to teach you? You know why? why? Because every day somebody needs to be taught something different. Uh, In the world there's a saying, you take a, you take a full glass and you take another full glass of water and you put it in there and what do you say? Your cup runneth over. You got too much. You can't submit. You got too much. You think you know too much. So how are you going to learn when you think you know too much all the time? Quick question. Who do you think is teaching the preacher that's teaching you? The Holy Ghost is teaching my pastor things to preach to us. So why can't the Holy Ghost teach you? He can't, but everybody needs, everybody needs, everybody needs, they can, but everybody needs leadership. So who is leading your preaching? The Holy Ghost, Jesus. But why can't the Holy Ghost lead you? He does speak to me through my pastor. I know, but if, he, if your pastor has no other person over them, teaching them, right? They're being taught totally by the Holy Spirit, right? But actually, no, our right? pastors do have why, why can't you get to that same point at some point in life yeah. where you will have the Holy Spirit guiding you and you no longer need to preach? I do, because there's, there's things that God will talk to me about, right. you know. I pray and God will show me some things, you know, that I'll pray about pastor. I pray for my pastor all the time. Sometimes right. he'll let me know what's going on. She'll need some encouragement. I'll pick up the phone. Pastor, right, God my, just told me My question something. is, you don't believe that there's some time, there will come a time in your life where you don't need another person because that person has uh, pointed you back to the Holy Spirit within you. And so now you can move on with life because the Holy Spirit is going to teach you just as the Holy Spirit is teaching that person. You don't believe that's possible? No. You don't You'll know always need a, I've always seen need too a many teacher. people get away from churches that thought they knew a lot, that had a lot of word in them. Right. And within a matter of months, they're usually flaky. They're not living right. Just because... And I don't know if it's just them, if this happens with every person. But once you get outside of spiritual covering, you open yourself up. Because it's real easy to find error. It's real easy to find teachings that sound true and match up with the Bible. And have but the Holy Spirit is not going to mislead you. Right, the Holy Spirit's not going to mislead you. So if that person is not but what if? Teaching. But what if it was my fault for leaving the church? What if I said, okay, God, well, now I know enough. I'm going to go my way and do my thing. So you and God's saying, no, it's not time. You don't think God would ever want you to grow up and move on? Well, he will, but there's a time and a season for everything. But so like there is a time you move away from the church and live your own life. Right, but only if you're called to leave the church. Not everybody's called to leave. That's right. The Bible and says there's apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, and teachers. You know, well, we have if, a few if, minutes left. It'll be like leaving Jesus. be like saying, okay, Lord, because I'm a, I'm a lone sheep on my own, Lord. But no, but well, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you, though. Well, no, yeah. but see, it's the same way. When people walk out on their pastors, it's the same way as walking out on their fellowship with God. Especially if God's blessed them, taught them, Who trained them. Who told you that? Well, see, I've learned this, like, my, the blessing of God on my life No, but who told you leaving the church is like leaving God? Not leaving, okay, I'm going to say, not leaving a physical building. But, like, if I walk out, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as you see the day approaching. Right. The day of Jesus is coming is approaching. Why would a person want to leave something where they're getting grown, where they're getting mature? Because, I mean, like, I can take that word hearing it from on. the pulpit, and now I can take it home and study it. But it's like, on my own, I'm just one. But when you sit to study, you're not on your own. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you, interpret what you're reading, right? To verify. Yes. Okay. Mike, you wanted to finish your point? You were making a point, and we cut you off. Every, everybody needs a teacher. Everybody needs to be taught something. You never get to a place where you know everything. That's right. If you do, then... then God do you help think you your preacher home. know everything? I don't... I don't... I'm going to answer this like this. I believe words are seeds... I've been taught in the of faith that words are seeds. So because of time, give me a quick yes, and I want Michael to answer too. No. Do you believe your preacher know everything? For right now, yes, I do. Yeah, that, that she knows everything. I believe she hears from God. And you I believe, just said nobody knows everything. 
She may not know everything, but she, whatever she hears from God, I believe it to come to pass, that it has come Do to pass. Do you believe your preacher knows everything? No, my pastor does not know everything, but my pastor knows God. Right. And, and my pastor knows God, I'm going to say this, better than I know God. A lot better, a lot and closer. And so as you mature, though, in the same Holy Spirit that teaches her all things will also teach you all things, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? I agree So there'll come a point where you need to move on, right? You know what? I don't believe I want to ever move on from right. there because, you know what, why would I want to move on if I can grow I up into a place? I don't necessarily move on to another church. Well, I'm talking on about moving to another church, but I'm talking about, like, maybe there's a place in that church where God wants me to mature and grow up and then help somebody else along the way because you want right. to recreate. See, that's one thing that's my right. pastor is wanting to do. She's wanting to Ronnie, recreate the Word of God. I'm sorry, Mike, yes. i got to cut you off. We have one minute. Ronnie, tell people where your church is and why they would want to come there. Well, our church is at 434 South Grandview, um, Ministry of the Faith, World Outreach Church. The reason you would want to come there, because it's a life-changing experience. Yes, it is. You will never be the same. What's the phone number to the church? It is 335-8363. I have truly enjoyed talking to you guys. Did you guys have fun? Yes. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. was it a little heat for you or was it easy? Nah. It was, it was, it never was let me see you sweat, man. <laughs> it was a little heat, but that's all right. I kind of like it that you way. You need some heat, huh? That's right. That's right. Well, I've learned a lot. Thank you guys so much. We're going to eventually have you back. All right. You know, we're definitely going to have you back. I've learned a lot. And hopefully when, I, when we do have you back, you can bring your wife. Okay. I'd like to talk to her, too. Oh, yeah. And by that time, you will have a wife. <laughs> you can bring her as well. All right. But thank you guys so much. Thank I you. truly, truly, truly enjoyed it. Appreciate right. it. It's been great. Thank you guys for tuning in. And let us hear from you about this show or any other show. My address is coming up. You can contact me. Thank you and have a blessed one. Hi, my name is Jesse Lee Peterson, and I'm founder and president of BOND, the Brotherhood Organization of a New Destiny. Our purpose is to rebuild the family by rebuilding the man. We are a nonprofit organization, been around for almost 15 years now. We have a home for young men aged 13 to 25, helping them to overcome anger, uh, find jobs, finish school, start businesses, and we have done it without the help of the government. I also host the Jesse Lee Peterson Show right here on uh, Primetime Christian Broadcast, God's Learning Channel. And I invite you to tune in. And if you have any questions or information about uh, uh, ideas about the show, give me a call. My information is right there, my website, my phone number. Do not hesitate to give me a call. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate your emails, your letters, and your phone call uh, in the past. Thank you so much, and God bless you. For an audio or video copy of this program, please call or write the address on the screen. Please include the program number when ordering.